2: And welcome to All Things Therapy. I'm your host, Lisa Tahir. I am a licensed clinical social worker. I practice as an intuitive psychotherapist. I have offices and residences in both New Orleans, Louisiana, and Los Angeles, California. This is my second day back to New Orleans after staying in L.A. for five months. It's been my longest stay in the six years that I have lived between both places, and it's wonderful to be back in the South. I just went on a jog underneath the oak trees, which are magnificent, just blooming with lush greenness growing on the bark after the rains that we had yesterday. So I encourage you to really be mindful of your self-care, especially during this time. And if you do want to reach out, I am doing remote sessions with clients all over the world. Simply go to nolatherapy.com. N O L A T H E R A P Y dot com. It's the abbreviation for New Orleans Los Angeles Therapy. And you can schedule with me. I offer a 20 minute consult by phone to see if we're a good fit. Also at NOLA Therapy, I offer an online class teaching psycho spiritual techniques that you can survey from the comfort of your own home. I also have my book coming out, it's available on pre sale. At NOLA Therapy, this book is on healing our deepest core wounding through, through empathy and self-forgiveness. And I spent almost four years researching those topics to bring you a mindfully-based, psychologically-based, and spiritually-based guide and book with Practical takeaway steps. I really like the practical when it comes to changing our lives and getting healthier and feeling happier. So there's a lot of that. Check it all out at NOLA therapy and join my email list there as well. There are links to my social media on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram, all at NOLA therapy. And I appreciate you for following me there and doing a written review of this podcast on itunes you can find all things therapy there and it makes the show raise up in rankings where guests like today can be more seen and heard and visible though she's doing quite a good job of that herself i am really excited to have with me today heather Odendahl. she is an accomplished event producer And entrepreneur who previously was a sales executive at a fortune 500 company when she noticed that there were few women in senior executive positions and she was motivated to change that and in 2014 she founded and held the first W North conference for women in business who were seeking seeking C-suite positions it's now six years later and W North is a yearly international conference with featured speakers from corporations like IBM, Cisco, and Google. She has a members club that's available through W North year round. And this club provides female executives with networking opp- opportunities and resources to support their leadership journey. Heather has been featured in places like Elle Canada, The Huffington Post, she is a director on the board of the Whistler Chamber of Commerce and named as one of Canada's most influential event professionals. Besides doing this work, Heather is also the president and CEO of Bluebird Strategy, a boutique event planning company with really cool clients. Like she has worked with GMC, Hagenda's, Polaroid, Molson Canadian, Nintendo. Coca-Cola, like huge corporations, the Whistler Film Festival, and even the Vancouver 2010 Winter Olympics. Heather, I just want to welcome you to our show today.
3: Thank you, Lisa. I'm thrilled to be
2: here. I'm happy to have you here. And um, also, I like to let people know your website at the beginning. So the two websites are wnorthconnect.com and bluebirdstrategy.com in case listeners want to jump on and check out your work while we are conversing today.
3: Fantastic. Thank you for the wonderful, warm introduction.
2: You're welcome. You know, I, I was—I told you before we came live, I'm excited to have you on because you're a business professional and that's really exciting for me. It's something I don't know a lot about, like the executive world and C-suite, um, professionals? Where do you want to start with us? And maybe other listeners like me that this might be kind of new for them.
3: Yeah, for sure. So I have, for for about 10 years, I lived this hybrid world of being an entrepreneur and in a corporation. And I had a wonderful exposure to a number of networks and communities that were supporting women in their entrepreneurial journey. And as I, as you mentioned, I was working for a fortune 500 company and I started to realize that those same communities and those same, um, networks, uh, to support those journeys didn't quite exist for corporate women, the same way that they did for entrepreneurs. Mm. And that was kind of the genesis of what motivated me to start my work. Um, and in in terms of corporate leadership, I mean, just to sort of define it. I mean, I would really, I would really say that we we aim to serve driven and ambitious women on their leadership journey, and that doesn't always necessarily have to be um, a sweet C suite position, and it doesn't mm-hmm. always have to mean that you're part of a Fortune 500 company. Um, oftentimes, it is uh, the women in uh, male dominated. Um, industry or yes. a medium-sized company that we are supporting the most. So, yeah, I just wanted to define that a little bit more broadly, so people can understand if they fall into that category of which we're trying to focus on.
2: That's awesome. And I'm wondering, when you started the W North Conference, did you have any idea that it would grow to where it is today, and I sense will continue to grow over the years.
3: I, I, I hoped. I guess I, I had some big dreams and aspirations for it. Um, a little bit about my motivation for starting the conference itself was I found myself in, um, you know, I was very uh, driven and ambitious person, and I wanted to further my leadership development. So I actually applied to go to a number of. Um, sort of well-known well-brand branded um, conference in North America. and um, I there was a couple that I didn't get into, and then there was a couple that were, quite frankly, just out of my price point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, you know, I felt a little bit rejected by, you know the the fact that I couldn't either get into it affordability wise or, even um, get through an application to get into this exclusive club of you know leadership, and so I was really motivated to um, sort of turn that concept on its head and bring in global leaders and global speakers to a you know fantastic destination um, like Whistler, which is where yes. the annual takes place. Um, and you know, I from the beginning, I've always really um, shot my sights high. I sent um, an email to Cheryl Sandberg in oh, yeah. um, 2015, in my first year, um, just kind of dab at the dark, just didn't sort of ask her to speak. I really just wanted her to know what I was doing yeah. Um, and to just make sure I was on her radar. And so I guess I've always been um, shooting for the stars. So yeah, I'm hoping that things will continue to grow. Oh,
2: that's wonderful. You know, and earlier today, I was reading Heather about your 2020 conference theme on cultivating legacy. And mm-hmm. I thought, that was really beautiful and important. And I wonder, can you talk to us about this year's conference that was scheduled for April 2020 and kind of ha- postponing it, what that decision was like and and what, what you intend to do?
3: For sure. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, March was, you know, uh, a crazy time for everyone. And we were about five weeks away from producing our conference in Whistler. And for a few weeks, I, well, kind of going into February, I was, I was really quite in denial, um, that I was going to have to postpone. Um, and it wasn't, I was actually in London, um, England, uh, doing an event we do at the Canadian Embassy, uh, for, uh, International Women's Day. When things really started to, um, you know, come to fruition that um there was going to be some country border shutdowns and things were going to change. So, you know, when you've got guests coming in from all over North America, we just had we decided we had to make a change. So we did postpone it um fairly early on in March and we postponed it till October. And we you know as far as logistics go, it was not overly complicated. We have some really great partners that we have great relationships with, and we had an out, outpour of support from the people who were planning on attending in that timing. So that was um, that was uh, difficult to swallow, but it was the right thing to do of yes. course. And we one thing that we ended up doing, was we decided that all of the women that were going to come to the conference in April, we wanted to do something for them. So we created a virtual conference uh, called Pivot, which we actually made free to everybody. Oh, that's Um, great. Just around, yeah, around the timing of the um, the conference dates itself. So just with a couple of topics really around how Some businesses, some local businesses had changed and pivoted during um, this time. One of the uh, beauty companies, a global beauty company called AG Hair, had basically shifted into making hand sanitizer in a matter of three weeks. We talked to businesses about how they were shifting and how they were handling um, remote work and managing Mm -hmm. teams remotely. And we had speakers from Zoom and Cisco. So that was, you know kind of a big and it was a very quick shift we um pulled it all together in a matter of two weeks and which was a feat considering um I'm not the only person to experience this but all you know all the schools and the daycares closed so I have a one-year-old and a four-year-old yes and they were suddenly at home
2: (laughs) yeah so many changes Heather on a dime talk about pivot that's a perfect word (laughs)
3: Exactly. And it was about being agile and flexible. And yeah, and we've actually continued with that series. So if anyone's listening, um, we actually have all the videos for free um, on our website, um, wnorthconnect.com slash pivot. And I encourage you to go check it out because it's all about the evolving um, business and what how things are shifting and how things are changing.
2: You know, and I wondered, thinking that you are you you host this conference yearly, and you're also an event planner to to major corporations. How do you see your industry adapting to our new kind of world that we're living in?
3: Yeah, it's a really interesting question, and I love talking about it. Um, one of the things, I mean, obviously in our world, W North has completely pivoted to an online platform. And in fact, it coincided, April coincided with when we launched on a new social platform um, for our membership, which is the members club at W North, um, which we had in the works for months. So it ended up timing um, okay for us. Uh, so we have pivoted and changed to completely virtual content. Our member meetings are online. Um, our leadership masterminds are all online. In fact, you know, in many ways, we were able to even leverage that opportunity to um, tap into more women because previously we were a little bit more limited to who, where we had chapter cities, which is currently um, London, England, Toronto, New York, Vancouver, Seattle, and San Francisco. Okay. And now our our reach is truly really global, um, wow. especially across North America. So. In that respect, there is an enormous amount of opportunity. And so I would say that is a benefit if you are equipped in that way um, to take advantage of the virtual space. In regards to in-person events, my long-term thought is that we will see for at least the next 12 to 18 months a real shift on the way people want to get together Mm -hmm. and that will be in smaller, more curated, intimate gatherings. And it's not necessarily about the 10,000 person conference and, you know, the handful of contacts that you may gather from that type of experience. People will be looking for a more curated and, um, you know a well matched event that has the right people in it. And in yes. a lot of ways that's the way that we have operated for the last few years. We've always been a boutique event company and a boutique mm-hmm. conference. So I'm I'm excited that that, you know, is an opportunity for us.
2: And so I'm curious too, the members club at W North, what does that entail for a listener who might want to join?
3: Yeah, so the Members Club is a global membership of driven and ambitious women, women who are supporting one another on their leadership journey. We have um, monthly workshops inside of our membership. We have member meetups, which are um, with all of our members on Zoom. We have uh, leadership masterminds, which are essentially group coaching, Um, and we we have an enormous amount of um, like uh, workshops in our platform that are all centered around our seven pillars, which are leadership, health, productivity, goal setting, wealth, mindset, and personal brand. So a really truly lo- like it's a look at leadership holistically. Oh, Women yeah. have much more of a blurred line in their leadership, training between their personal development and their professional development. So we like to bring the two together.
2: You know, in alignment with what you're saying, I jotted down a statement. Either I heard you sharing in an interview or or an article that you wrote talking about you're you, you're working with women who think about how others are affected by the products they build, the services they offer, and the changes they make, do you, do you think that women are more concerned about those issues than the men are And in, in, at this level of work?
3: Definitely. I think one thing that has really kind of come, come out in the last few weeks um, is that people are, w- women have always um, a- admired authentic conversations and authentic brands.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, but
3: I think the whole world is realizing that authenticity is key. And with the power of social media, um, transparency um, for brands is um, it's imperative. Um, women have always, um, being a little bit more, um, socially conscious or, mm-hmm. um, socially, uh, or motivated by, um, businesses that have social impact. And so I do believe that, you know, we lead a different way and denying that we lead a different way is, um, is, is not really helping, support and bring more women and, and, and people of color to the forefront. Diversity of thought is so important yes. right now in this current landscape. So, yeah, that's kind of my take on the situation here. So, yeah, it's definitely really important for businesses to be authentic.
2: You know, I like that. And you just mentioned lasting impact. And I read as well you, where you were talking about the multiplier effect. Can you can you talk to us about that?
3: Yeah. So one of the things, um, one of the best examples of the multiplier effect, um, within our, within our organization as an example is we, we started out on this journey, um, to, you know, a big, a big audacious goal of, of bringing more women into senior executive leadership positions, but also recognizing that we could not touch, um, everyone. And we wanted to be able to create more um, opportunities for women around the world. Um, so uh, my, my example of the Multiplier Effect is actually a partnership that we have with an organization called One Girl Can. And yes, Girl I have that in my notes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you do? Okay. I do. I was going to ask you about them. Yeah. Perfect. So One Girl Can, um, supports, um, high school and university scholarships for women in sub-Saharan Africa. And, so we have been um, a donor to support um, Anne. Anne is our um, university student. She's actually graduating from University uh, University of Nairobi um, this year. So we've been supporting her for four years, and her um, her goal um, and her dream is to develop. She wants to be a software developer, um, mm. you know, in computer science, and develop a software that allows for um, bursary and unused scholarship money to be redistributed throughout the world to people um, and people of need and to um, ensure that I think there's some crazy statistic like more than 50% or so of bursaries or maybe it's higher. Uh, bursary and scholarship money does not get utilized. And so her goal is to um, develop an app and a software to make um, oh, sure yes all the money that. gets redistributed. So our multiplier effect, as an example, is supporting Anne, and we had the opportunity to sort of read through applications as to which university student we were going to support, and just reading through that and understanding that we may not be able to um, sponsor every Anne through university, but if we can support Anne and her, you know, journey, and that leads to um, a longer-lasting legacy down the road, then. And we feel um, that we have, you know, been able to affect more change than just what's happening here in North America.
2: Absolutely. And what I what I was going to ask you, Heather, is that it looks like W North picks and partners with a nonprofit. And that's where I found One Girl Can. Is that accurate, that every year you you pick a new nonprofit? Or is this the one that you have chosen to work with more long-term?
3: This is the one we've chosen to work with long-term. We, uh, awesome. we do support... A number of local organizations, um, you know, on a more grassroots level, but uh, One Girl Can has been our long-term partnership and uh, philanthropic um, partner for a few years.
2: Okay, that's brilliant what Anne wants to do.
0: Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat
1: Like
2: really, yeah, definitely. really, yeah, I read earlier, even a headline that I think the IRS and sending stimulus money sent over a billion dollars to people that are deceased. And I read that and just thought, oh, my gosh, like talk about like a misappropriation. And like there's just so much money I sense available and something like what Anne is doing to really get funding to people that might not have access otherwise and just how the world will look with more and more of that being done, the change.
3: Well, exactly. And, you know, it's interesting even just revisiting this vision that Anne has with the new landscape of universities. I mean, you know, the idea of um, people from around the world to come to the U.S., to go to a U.S.-based university and pay to live in U.S. dollars or even just to get in, you know, is a big um, it is a big cast, so there may be um, more opportunities for scholarships um, to go to people from around the world to be able to um, to elevate leaders um, from across Africa, from um, Asia, uh, you know, Europe. There, I mean, her, I'm not even sure that she's specifically, you know, going to stop at bursaries. I mean, I think yeah, there's definitely systems and processes around um, uh, even philanthropic donations that could be improved.
2: Yes. You know, one of my passions, I founded a nonprofit about 10 years ago called the Yes Foundation, because I saw, I'm I'm a glass artist for kind of my therapy. I've been a glass artist for 20 years, casting and blowing glass, and it's brought me such joy. But I noticed that people with disabilities and wheelchairs don't have access to glass blowing. And so I founded a nonprofit and got the 501c3 status, but then I realized, okay, how do I make glass blowing accessible? So I took another almost mm-hmm. eight years and I got a U.S. patent on my invention. And it's simply, Heather, it's it's a traditional glass blowing bench that I removed the seat and had it built without a seat to the specs of wheelchairs. It can be raised and lowered to fit, you know, a a child's wheelchair versus an adult's it's safe. And I built one and I I used it for the first time teaching a 14 year old boy with autism to blow glass about a year ago. And I've used my own money and, um, Yeah. And so I plan to donate it to a glass studio in New Orleans that is able to they're they're a nonprofit and have access to more resources to help get this going, like getting participants in wheelchairs. So it's been kind of like my long term passion project that I've worked on, like nights and weekends to, you know, one day it's my vision to see it being used at glass studios around the world. So people in wheelchairs have access to this art form. So I think the possibilities are endless on what we
3: can do. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, women are, I find a lot of women are really motivated by the social impact piece. And so as we see more women elevated to leadership positions in corporate America, we will see, um, a lot more, um, we will see a lot of changes in the way that large businesses are run you know and and the pieces and the give backs that um that uh, that businesses make so yeah that's, that's a great story thanks
2: thank for you and that, i yeah, and I see one day reaching out to a corporation, a company like yours, when I have more, you know, to show, to ask for support and help. And so that's kind of like one of my dreams is, is get my nonprofit to the place where I can partner with larger corporations to help, like like you all are doing with Ann. Yeah. So I, I love hearing your story. So, Heather, we're going to do a quick commercial break, and I will come right back to you in a couple of minutes.
3: Sounds good.
2: So for you, the listeners of All Things Therapy, BetterHelp.com is one of my sponsors, and they are a HIPAA-compliant, online-secure counseling platform. They assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You connect in a safe and private online environment. You can start communicating in under 24 hours. And this is professional counseling with licensed practitioners. I worked with them for a bit when I first went out to Los Angeles and you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. They work with issues, an array of issues from depression, stress and anxiety to relationships, grief and self-esteem. They are convenient, professional and affordable and they offer, um, financial aid to people who qualify and reach out to them. As my listener, they give you 10% off your first month to try them out. And you go to betterhelp.com forward slash ATT for all things therapy. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com forward slash ATT. And they are a more affordable based Therapy service than maybe some practitioners, like even myself, to be transparent and honest. So, I feel like right now it's better for people to get the counseling and support they need and for finances not to be an issue. So, check them out betterhelp.com forward slash ATT. A second sponsor of mine that I really love is Audible. I am I enjoy audiobooks so much. And as my listener, they will give you a free audiobook download and a 30 day subscription, of which you can continue on with them or cancel. And you can take advantage of that by going to audibletrial.com forward slash all things therapy, audibletrial.com forward slash all things therapy to receive a free audiobook download. So, Heather, one one of the things I thought to ask you, so the, for you, your life, the intersection between professional event planning and then working with women in leadership and in corporate positions, and then you're also a wife and a mother to two children. Like, how does all, how do you manage all of this? It, it sounds like a lot to me. <laughs> you're busy. It,
3: it is a lot. I am busy. Um, and I feel like, uh, COVID, um, added that extra layer of busyness, but, um, I, I have always really thrived on working and, and, um, I've been motivated, um, to, you know, create change and impact through what we're doing. I am very well supported by my wonderful husband. So, um, I would be remiss to not um, share that, you know, he has taken on a lot of the childcare, um, duties, um, during this time. And so it has been that has been huge support. He's actually a co-founder with me for Debbie Norris. So we started this thing together. Yeah. So I would say, you know, um, I'm very transparent about, um, understanding that I'm not, um, yeah, I'm not doing this all alone. It is um, very much a team uh, a team sport. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, so I, I think it's really important to acknowledge that. Sometimes it's not always very clear um, how people pull everything together. And I think it's, uh, yeah, it's important to, to note.
2: Well, I've heard you speak about your husband and his support. Is his name Mike? Am I remembering that correctly? Yes. Yeah. Okay, yes, Correct. I've heard you speak about Mike, and I think it's great. Like, what a powerful relationship as well to be able to create together. To me, that's like the epitome to be able to co create like that with your partner.
3: Definitely. And, you know, it's, um, it has been a really great combination of um, our skill sets and, you know, just sort of touching on the event planning um, components. I mean, obviously, as an event planner, um, you know, our world is kind of being turned upside down. Yeah. live live ones. Um, So I am really uh, thankful to, my husband was actually the one who kind of pushed pushed me to move into, uh, move away from just producing other people's events and moving into producing and creating our own. Um, Yeah. And I feel like that has, really shifted um it's more motivating um for me in terms of pushing this forward and and building and growing Um, and he was also a big motivator to getting me to consider um you know moving things online and we did we actually did that um two years ago we um we launched our membership the members club um at w north online two years ago And what's really interesting to me is that when we launched two years ago, a lot of professional women might not have been quite ready for the online content. Um, Okay. We did a lot of online content um, and we found after about a year, a lot of our members were asking and wanting like that more in-person component. So we continued with the online content, but then sort of dialed up on the in-person. So... I like to think we're kind of coming back 360 to where we were before, um, Mm -hmm. back in kind of COVID times, and, you know, women are digesting online content, um, in a new way. And, um, you know, nobody that I know of doesn't know how to use zoom now. Um, (laughs) so it is, it is definitely uh, a shift.
2: And, you know, I can say for myself, I've done online therapy for about 10 years, but I'd always use Skype and FaceTime. And now I'm using Zoom and consuming content as well, like uh, on other webinars and seminars. And it was a little hard for me at first. I I can't say that I loved it, but now I found it to be really comfortable to be able to access so much from home that it's definitely grown on me. Have you seen this at all in your industry, kind of an initial resistance but then an opening?
3: 100%. I mean, I would say, especially in kind of the training and learning and like learning development um, landscape, uh, corporately, but also personally, people were, they were a little bit apprehensive about, um, you know, taking courses online or they would much rather be doing it in person. And so that has shifted. I have seen that. And I have also seen companies getting on board with um, that a lot, and I think that stands to benefit women in a lot of ways. I think about yeah. the um, travel um, schedules of some of the women that I um, that are in our membership that maybe work for tech or maybe they're in training and they have to travel to all like cities all over the country. And, you know, they have to be away from their kids to deliver a seminar or they have to be, you know, fly off to Dallas for the week to, for the week to uh, present at a conference or there's a number of things that, you know, are pull, they are pulling away um, or being away from their family um, a lot. And and so and not to say I'm not saying that life events are going away. I just think that there will be a new understanding um especially at kind of a corporate and larger company level as to whether that in person meeting is actually necessary mm-hmm. and whether it can be done online.
2: And I think even working from home, I enjoy it. I I experience like a more quality of life, higher quality of life working from home. And I have some colleagues, it was challenging for them at first. And I know some people might still have a hard time with it, but others have started to love it. I mean, that's a big shift too in corporate America and just how we work. What what would you offer in that in so this area?
3: What, yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, um, tech has always led the way with regards to remote working, but um, many other industries have have stayed behind. And in fact, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, in some industries, regulation that has prohibited working from home due to security, and there's enormous amount of cost with regards to infrastructure improvements. So working from home, as progressive as a lot of organizations thought they were, they weren't quite well equipped for it. And COVID-19 has made them, forced them to get on board with that. And yeah. so I would say there is a lot of opportunity for women in terms of um, how that um, has disrupted the status quo. I mean, they have. remote working is not a new concept, but it right. has taken so long for many companies to get on board. And I think it's great that they are and needed. 100%. And it know, will, it'll
2: have yeah. some... Yeah, go ahead. No, no, you first, it'll have some.
3: I think it'll have some, you know, really fundamental impacts on, you know, job opportunities in terms of, you know, whether you have to live in that very expensive city of San Francisco or New York, whether you can, I mean, many of our members that are, um, I'll use New York as an example, um, that were living um, in New York during the time of the pandemic, many of them, when it went to remote working, um, a lot of them went to, um, you know, country houses or families' cottages or, you know, they kind of got out of the hustle and and they've been remote working. And and in fact, I mean, you're probably a great example, it sounds like, with your home base, you've been able to get out of the hustle and kind of run your business from wherever you are. And I think that will create another layer of work-life balance and, um, you know, like wellness that, um, we all need right now.
2: I agree 100% the freedom and flexibility inherent and, and being able to work in these new ways that are being supported by corporations and an industry are really exciting. Definitely. And so I also took note. Okay, bluebird strategy, how you you were speaking to or writing about sustainability and even things like zero wa- waste gift bags. I thought that was so cool. Like mm. just can you talk to us some about some about that? Sustainability
3: yeah, for sure. in so, your work. Totally. So I mean obviously sustainability is a big topic and um despite you know how things have shifted with COVID and coronavirus. I don't want to lose sight of the fact that that is still a really important um, legacy. And so for our conference, um, in our in person plan, you know, we're really trying to minimize um, waste. We in, um, installed, or what's the word I'm looking for? It, we brought in um, zero waste gift bags. Um, so you know, that concept of going to a conference and just getting a whole bunch of junk you're not going to use like that. We need to throw out the window. Um, yes. And, you know, naturally it comes down to that social impact and the legacy that we want to lead. So um, that was kind of my, um, uh, uh, my. I think it was around, uh, I think you read my article around leading a lasting impact with regards yes. to um, your events. So, yeah, it was, it's definitely something that we strive for. It's, you know, never going to be 100% or um, it's going to be difficult, but you just have to make changes. And they're not always going to be, as a producer, an event producer, they're not always going to be the cheapest solution. But um, right. people notice and people are, um, they respect when you make those changes.
2: Yes. And Heather, I'm thinking too, while I have this opportunity to talk to you and and things people that are listening to us might want to know, so I'm thinking as I'm hearing you speak, and you mentioned it earlier when we first started, going to conferences, going to events where I know I've had the opportunity to approach, say, the speaker and ask, for instance, would you like to come on my podcast? And making those kind of connections in person to grow my network. How do you suggest, like, how can we build a network now, where we're not able to attend those kind of events. I'm thinking because I I still want to keep growing my network. How how do you suggest we can do this?
3: So I I obviously really value that online community. I think that mm-hmm. um, entrepreneur um, entrepreneurs do this really well, um, and that's the foundations of why I built the members club at W North. Is I recognize. Um, a while back, that yeah, I really wanted to foster relationships with women that I had met at other conferences, but also out that had not I had not met before, and I didn't just want to network with women that were in my city. Um, I wanted to connect with women from all over. So, although these sort of w- what we would call spontaneous connections may not happen in the online space, as um, easily, uh, I think that there are ways to seek them out. And so we do this a lot at the members club at W North. We have um, all of our members are on a social platform. So there's a chat function. You can see where people are online. Oh, that's great. In and out. Yeah. So you can kind of search people by topic and message them. You can see who's around you. Um, you know, it's not like Bumble or anything, but it's like, you know, you can (laughs) see other, you know, there's connections that may be in your neighborhood. So I do think there are a number of resources and find the one that fits you best in terms of your online communities. But I think there's a real strength in that. And don't just, don't just join an online community and engage in it. Um, I think that, you know, participate and be an active part of it. So. Um, yeah, definitely online community. And, um, you know, with our virtual conferences, we have um, strived to create more um, spontaneous opportunities for connection as well. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for all the technologies that seem to be coming out right now and these ideas of like speed networking. And, you know, I think that we're going to start to see a lot more um Ways that you can spontaneously connect with people online. So, I would say if you fall into the category of a woman in leadership who's looking to connect with other driven, and ambitious women, then they can join our uh, membership, um, which is the members club at W North, and connect with women online that way.
2: Thank you for that. And just in concluding, I want to make sure lis- l- make sure listeners know that at W North connect.com forward slash pivot is where they can find the virtual conferences. I'll put that in the show notes. And what would you like to leave our listeners with just to make sure we've covered everything that they have access to through you?
3: Yeah. I mean, I guess I would say, you know, a big piece of what people are, um, are, it's kind of a moment of growth at the moment. I mean, it, feels like we're just coming out of, um, you know, a little bit of trauma, um, but I do think there is um, a real opportunity for growth at this moment in time. And so I would encourage the listeners to, um, you know, find some materials about resilience um, and wellness. Um, there's a number of, we have in our portal, a number of great workshops around um, we have a couple coming up. One is career growth during COVID-19, which is um, Eleanor Herker from Indeed. And then we have Erica Keshwin who wrote, Bring Your Human to Work. And where she's doing a session, bringing your Your human to work when you can't go to work for us. Um, cool. So I think just working on a bit of development for yourself in this time of change. And a lot of people have lost their jobs. And I want people to be empowered to know that they can change and they can shift. um, And the world is going to look a little bit different. And so Mm -hmm. doing a little bit of inner work on what um, they want their careers to look like in the future is the time is now for that.
2: Heather, thank you. Thank you for what you offer and your contributions and our conversation today.
3: Thank you so much for having me, Lisa. It was, a, it was a joy to talk to you this afternoon. You as
2: well. Take good care. And I do know Whistler is beautiful. My parents love it. I have not been yet. And I look forward to coming one day out there.
3: I, I look forward to, to having a glass of wine or a coffee with you here in Whistler. Let's do it. So.
2: Thank you for that. You're welcome. Take really good care.
3: Thank you. Bye. You're
2: welcome. Bye. That concludes my show today with Heather Odendahl. You can find her at WNorthConnect on social media, wnorthconnect.com, also at Heather Odendahl, O-D-E-N-D-A-A-L. I'll put that in the show notes, and I'm just wishing everyone well and lots of love today. Bye-bye. listening to all things therapy with
1: lisa tahir only